what makes you laugh the most in this world? Oh, it's a great question. Mm. I thought it was going to be a music question, so it's completely thrown me a little bit. Um, what makes me laugh most in this world? Uh, my girlfriend Kayla makes me laugh quite a lot. Um, and if we're talking just general, probably just like I'm, I'm a very big fan of like Seinfeld and like Curb Your Enthusiasm. I love that kind of like observational over the top humor. Um, so, and all my friends are the same. So I guess like, cause I've grown up with them since primary school at this point, I've had my friends since I was like five years old and I'm 23 now. So it's just all these little like inside jokes of just stuff that no one else would understand that are completely just over-exaggerated. But yeah. I've, I've never seen Seinfeld. That's one of my, um, really, like that's to... crazy. Not even like, I'm sure you've seen bits and pieces, but like, um, I'd highly recommend it. If I think it's timeless. Yeah, I, I do think I need to... Um, I've been re-watching some Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That just... that uh, See, if you'd like It's Always Sunny, I think you'd like Seinfeld. And I think you see the similarities. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the thing with Always Sunny is it's so it's so funny. But I feel like you, it, once you know the jokes are coming, I, I don't know if it's as funny. Like, I'm kind of right. re-watching it and it's a bit like... It's become a bit background noisy. Um but like the first time you hear some of those scenes and how ridiculous some of them are, like just <laughs> yeah, as I've been in tears watching that show, man. I yeah, I absolutely <laughs> love it. I was talking. Um, the last guy I was talking to um, was Gabe from you know Enterprise Earth. Um, uh, no, I don't like proper heavy heavy band. Um, oh, cool. nice. But, um, you're talking about like Monty Python and stuff and like British humor <laughs> versus um, I do love Monty Python. That is so timeless. I was watching. Uh, yeah. Was it the Holy Grail the other day? I can't remember which. I rewatched it and it's just so, like, just bit after bit. It's just like. Is that the one where the, the guy gets his arms chopped off? Yeah. And he's still asking for it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and it just makes me, like, proud to be British. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, British humor is elite, to be fair. It, I think it used to be. I don't know if it is so good anymore. Although I did go to a, I went to um, a comedy club. Uh, well, it probably been the best part of a year ago now. Um, and it was really funny. I think it's something about being in a in a room with a with comedians. It's different to like being just on having it on the TV. I don't know yeah, what it, it is, is, but just even ones that maybe I wouldn't have found as funny, like just on you know like a TV show. For some reason, when they're in the room, it's and everyone's laughing around you. And I was at the front row. It's contagious. Yeah. Yeah. I right. I didn't want front row, but somehow got it and managed to avoid getting roasted even once. Oh, nice. Literally every other table got like roasted. And uh, and I just didn't. missed it. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad I did. I could. I'd, yeah, um, it was. Uh, it was. I was on like a first date, and it just was like the worst. <laughs> it would have just been the worst thing because they, they were asking, in disaster. They were asking all the couples like, "How long have you been together?" I was like, "Oh no, I can't oh do this. no," because I know, you know it's I coming. Like, you start sweating. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I can feel it now. Like I was like, I know he's gonna roast the shit out of me if he finds out. But yeah, and it just went around everyone and didn't get to us. I was like, "This is good." Um, nice so yeah i mean we can you know that's that's a rather non-musical question so if you want you know we can we can direct it more music musicality um yeah because um in terms of like your kind of what you've been i I remember you quite recently put out a video i think talking about um uh how kind of modern production has and you talked about your own experience of it where sort of very this kind of modern style of putting music together particularly in the metal world i mean it's in i say particularly it's in a a lot of sort of musical worlds, but it's very 
there's a lot of perfection around you know in terms yeah. of like playing quality recording quality um you know uh mixing everything um and then you're getting sort of almost a reflection of that in artists nowadays um do you feel like there are sort of pros and cons to that because i know for example drummers my most the most immediate thing i can think is obviously you get these really like metronome style drummers yep. that are super like super tight players but then it begs the question like maybe are they lacking a bit of energy or a bit of like you know um a bit of kind of uh maybe it's harder to be sort of unique when you feel so gridded like that you know um do you feel like there's sort of pros and cons to how you've developed as a musician with this kind of music around you i mean personally i think that the pros outweigh most of the cons if there were any um because you know as you said with drums especially like back in the day even just 10 years ago like you know drummers that used triggers were like frowned upon but now drummers who were learning that stuff 10 years ago who were like doing stuff now don't need the triggers because they've just been able to learn it and hit that hard every single time and they are these kind of like machines where it's almost impossible what they're doing and it's just only going to get better and better whether they like whether that hurts the creative aspect of music is another question to be asked i feel like because on that video that you mentioned a lot of the comments were more or less just boomers going oh yeah they can play but can they write a song and then you know it's the double-edged sword of like oh but like you're still stuck in the 70s mate or like <laughs> you know what i mean or like truth be told maybe some people just it gets in the way of their creative flow because they're so hyper-focused on perfection that those little imperfections that you might find when you're writing music or writing original music or coming up with an original idea that makes it original doesn't even have room to be there because you're so focused on making it um, skin tight. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. It's an interesting one. What do you think? I I feel like it, uh, it makes it, for me, I feel like it makes it harder to start the process a little bit because you hear such perfect finished articles that when you sit down and just plug your guitar in and start riffing or like um i don't know start humming a melody or whatever it's so far from sounding like that finished product maybe like years and years ago you know you could plug your guitar into your amp and it kind of sounds a bit like what you're listening to on the on the tape deck or whatever because the production quality is not as good and sounds more like you're just in the room with it you know um yeah so that's like, a great point actually yeah so like sometimes i'm sat there i'm trying to write a riff and like i feel maybe a bit uninspired because i'm thinking this doesn't sound as good yeah i'm not consciously thinking this obviously but like yeah yeah i'm like i think subconsciously i'm thinking this isn't as good as you know the riffs that i listen to and that i love and ironically even the riffs that i've put together with my own band you know um and i think it could harm that part but that's not really a fault of Pro, the modern process i think it's just how it's it's how it's going to go um and you know yeah. with the way you've got these like amp tones in the out of the box now you can get a bit closer but for me yeah i feel like it does sort of it, you have to get over that process and just kind of just hear the pure the purity of the music if that makes sense and just yeah, like, okay, yeah. well is the melody good yeah even if i played it on like a little xylophone would it be a good melody kind of thing um yeah that's that's a great point actually i think like um, it's interesting you bring that up because I think I've definitely thought that, but I just haven't put it into words. Um, but I think these days, I think like what separates like really, really, really just like, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just musicians that kind of can figure that stuff out is like 
quote unquote, like the sound in their head. Like if you can have that riff in your head and play on the guitar and you recognize when you play, okay, this doesn't sound the way it sounds in my head. Why not? And then you can start taking the process of adding all that production or like adding the drums or adding the bass and adding all these sound effects within that little 10 second riff to get close to that sound in your head. Um, whereas I agree, like maybe back in the day, it was that you're just like, oh, this riff is sick and that's it. You know what I mean? Whereas like these days, like it, it's almost like that's not enough. There has to be like another level and it's constantly just like pushing artists to like, yeah, the riff is sick, but like what's happening around it, that's going to elevate that riff even more. Is it a sub drop? Is it like a, a riser? Like, you know what I mean? Just stuff like that, um, which I guess is like, again, a double-edged sword of are we talking about music? Or are we talking about just like making things sound good, you know? Um, but that's, I'm so used to that now. And that's been my process for so long that I'm kind of just like, I'm very much the kind of person to be like, okay, well, that's the, that is the way it is. Like, whatever, let's just stick with it and go with it. I'm not going to sit here and sulk over the good old days when I wasn't even alive to see it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, um, yeah. I, 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 do you find when you're, uh, when you're writing stuff, um, do you ever start the process anywhere other than the guitar or does it just start on the guitar? Cause I know for me, it just starts on the guitar. Like every, I, every now and again, I have groove around on the bass. Um, but like, well, the thing is I've got one bass, which is this one. And it's like nowhere near as my guitar, nowhere near as nice as my guitar that I play. Right. <laughs> so it's always like a little bit less encouraging to pick up, but do you ever start elsewhere or, or is it the guitar that always kind of starts things out? Rarely. Very, very, like, usually when i'm playing guitar like i always even if i just have a riff idea like right now if i have a riff in my head i literally do as i'm saying this like i i know what the drums are going to sound like to that riff um mostly because like most of the stuff i write is like pretty syncopated anyway so it's going to sound like the guitar most of the time but i think yeah like those two working together it always starts on the guitar i'm always picking up my guitar starts with a riff and then leads usually come after the fact like i'll have like almost like a whole song and then i'm like okay like let's write a lead or sometimes like i'll have a melody i'm like okay let's make this the motif of the entire song this one melody that i thought of and let's just roll with it and see what happens and then most of the time um it ends up just being in the song um that's another thing actually like i feel like you know you hear people talk about like riff graveyards and stuff like that there's definitely a couple of riffs in the locker where i've like sat down played them, written them, and I'm like, okay, this doesn't work. I'll leave it for a rainy day. Um, but most of the time, if I start something and I want it to be finished, I'll just keep reworking it for months on end until it's finished. Um, yeah, I don't know why, but I figured that's a little bit different than some people because I know some people is like, okay, this doesn't work. Ten seconds later, they just do another one and throw that one away. It's like, ah, oh, but like you had that one and you thought it was good ten seconds ago. Like it might sound good in six months' time with something else. Like, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like there's um a real lack of uh something I with I have some more like songwriting based students that um uh I try to encourage them to work on developing ideas even if they don't really like them. I mean don't you know, if you don't like an idea don't sit with it forever but you know there's probably something that if you if you sat with it for more than like 10 20 30 minutes there's probably something there like there's you probably heard yeah. a melody or a rhythm or like just a thing that captured you in some way and getting better at sort of um excavating that thing i think is a skill that is maybe being neglected a bit 
um, you know, I think it's so tempting, especially with how quickly you can now record music. I think it's so yeah. tempting just to throw stuff away. The amount of times I've spent like an hour recording a riff, and then I've kind of gone and like I've saved it, and I've gone and like made some, or I've not saved it. I've just like had it sat on my laptop, and I go and like make some food or something, have a break, come back, listen to it, go meh, and I just delete it. <laughs> like mm. that could have been, and it's not me. It's not me just being lazy. It's it's just like I kind of listen back and go like ah, like it was all right. But actually, there probably was something there, you know. Um, yeah. And then trying to then cultivate that, I think, is an important step. Because I, th- I think you can make a good song out of any idea. It, it just might take more refinement. Not any idea, yeah. you know, but like... Oh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. We do. Um, in terms of like, because a lot of the stuff that you... A lot of your music is, is quite sort of... Um, I can certainly hear your influences in there and there's some quite techie stuff, you know. I mean, it's the nature of, like, modern metal music, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, what do you think it is that draws you personally? Like, is there anything about you on a personal level that you think draws you to music that is more technical? Like, do you find it more fulfilling to play that kind of stuff? Do you find it more, like, engaging? Or is it just, are you an inquisitive person? Like, what kind of draws you? That. I mean, like technicality is has never been like the forefront forefront of anything I write. I think I think I just want it to be a good song. That's always kind of like just to have that sense of like completedness and to have it seem like I actually know what I'm doing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I, I feel like that's probably the most important thing. And I, if you listen to any of it, like you know straight away that like it's so like thematical and theatrical and like there's motifs that pop up in every song and all that stuff like i i really enjoy that in my own listening experience of bands like periphery plenty whatever i'm sure you can hear those influences when you listen to the music so having that in my music i think that's the most and as far as like what of myself draws me to that i'm not entirely sure i think um i'm a little bit of a perfectionist so maybe just like me myself having the sense that it's even though it's an instrument this is a big aspect even though it's an instrumental with no vocal i feel as though that there's enough melody and enough enough motif in this song to make it feel complete as a song rather than just like here's three and a half minutes of just like i don't know just a a typical like three five seven chord progression with me shredding over it and then i'll bring it back one more time in the song it has to be a little bit more for me to kind of justify it in my own work for it to be a release. Um, demo songs on YouTube and stuff is completely different. I'll just like write a riff and um, if it fits, it fits. I'm like, cool, leave it. But if it's going to like, you know, live forever, um, so to speak, on like Spotify and whatever, and yeah, I want it to be the best kind of representation of what I perceive to be as good songwriting, even though it might not resonate with some people. Yeah, I, I feel like... um there's uh, i went through a, a sort of I, I feel like i need to get back into the um trying to write stuff for the sake of writing it because you know like so say you're doing these demos and i've seen quite a few of them on your channel and just like just on, on your social medias and stuff um like i feel like i used to kind of feel like that could be a hindrance you know thinking oh well, if you're writing for all these other things does that not get in the way and then i, I, I kind of can't lately i can't help but think like that must be actually quite useful because you're you're just constantly ticking over. You're just keeping the machine kind of moving. Um, and I remember I used to see all these demos and think like, oh, these guys must just have no time to write their own stuff. But I guess the whole point is it's actually, 
helping well this is kind of my assumption you know i don't i don't really do many of these kind of demo type things for anyone other than myself so you know yeah um, do you find that that process is helpful the kind of demoing of stuff is it like um what's the word multi-purpose in that sense yeah absolutely i think like majority of my songs have started as a demo riff from a video that i thought was like okay this could actually like be in a song because some of them are just like i'll admit like they're pretty throwaway they're just like 15 seconds of just like some chord progression with a lead over it um which could be anything i guess when you put it like that but um then there's some where i'm like no okay i actually really like this um the example i'm thinking of right now is my song pulse like that end like the last two minutes that was from a video in 2019 2018 or something like that and i I was like one day this is going to be in a song and then i was just like um funny story with that song actually because i i sometime last year was i think it was between like may and june Pliny, funnily enough had two shows um in two months and the first show i met him um for the first time and the second show i was going to do a guitar chat with him but it fell through but we were just like chatting on the day and um I'm happy to say that we're now friends, which is cool. But um, that whole experience of like seeing his just do what he does twice in two months, I was like, man, if I'm going to like actually take a stab at this music thing, like I need to step it up because like dudes like him exist. Do you know what I mean? So, and then like after that show that it was the second show was him supporting Northlane and I went home and I started writing and I was like, okay, this riff I've always wanted to put into a song. Let's just do it. And like the first thing I wrote after that thing that was already written from 2019 was a solo because I've just been watching plenty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, it's, it's funny how those inspirations can come up. But yeah, I think with the demo writing, it's always good to constantly write because then you can just whip it out for something and work it. As we were saying before, like just keep working and working, working. And if you like that idea at some point, for whatever reason, you will find something out of it. I think is my experience. Um, and it's funny, like if I go back and watch older videos, I can see where my influences start to change in terms of like how I write demo songs and I can go back and I always have a point of reference to like where my levels were one as a guitarist, two as a riff writer, three as like a production mixing standpoint. Um, cause I go back on some of those older ones and go, Oh my God, this sounds like shit. Can I swear? Oh, oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, oh, yeah. I've said all of the rudest words on here, so you know. Well, ones that won't get me cancelled, yeah. but you know. Like. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I, I was like, man, this sounds like shit. Um, but it's good because obviously, like having that backlog of stuff you've just been writing for so long, um, it is literally just progress in front of your eyes. So, and it's kind of like reassuring to go, oh, okay, no, we're actually like doing something here. Um, cause if you, if I didn't have that, I'll probably be a bit unsure if I just have improved at all since I was like 18. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to know sometimes until you look back at the, um, like I kind of look at some of the, uh, I've got videos of my, on my Instagram of me playing when I was like, not that young, but like maybe, I don't know, five years ago. I'm like, whoa, like now, especially now that I teach as well, I look at that, I'm like, oh, there's so much stuff I would have taught myself. Like, Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that wasn't that, you know, grand scheme of things. When I, and when I say five years ago, it's like it was, no, you know, it's like a noticeable change from then, or, you know, you'd hope. But um, yeah, yeah, it's nice to kind of have that, seeing Instagram or your know, social media more as a journal than like a, um, uh, what's the word, than like a, 
sort of billboard, you know, advertisement. I think some, there's something to be said for like seeing it as your. It depends. You got to, you know, you're kind of running a business, right? So you got to, you got to kind of balance that with you. You got to put yeah. stuff out that you think, okay, people are actually going to value this. But that's um, true. Yeah. How do you kind of judge the value of something like you know? How do you decide? what path to take is to like oh i'm going to do this video today i'm going to write this kind of thing today like how do you kind of prioritize your your creation I, sh I should be way better at prioritizing especially now that this is like a full-time thing um but i i think I, i'm just a very I, I i like structure i like knowing what to do when to do it but i like doing it on my own terms so <laughs> um it's like breaking my own rules but like every day i know what i should be doing and I feel like taking it day by day is like, it makes me feel like I'm constantly doing something. Um, you know, if it's for like a release or something, like for example, um, the new release, Arrhythmia, when was that? Friday. Like I have a plan of like what to do for the next two weeks regarding that release um, because I feel like that's like super high priority. And if anything pops up, like, if I get an email in my inbox saying, Hey, there's this new plugin. Can you do a demo video? I'm like, sure. And then I'll write out a script that day and kind of set a day aside to be like, okay, I'll film this day and edit that day. And like, I, I, I know what's happening, but I just, I'm not really good at like setting it in stone, if that makes sense. Mm. Or if you, if you kind of know what you're, um, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said for just doing stuff. You know, if you just keep yourself busy and you just keep kind yeah. of, um, just sort of churning stuff churning through stuff i think you can kind of um you can over plan these things can't you and if you if like yeah. you say if you've if you scripted that day it's like well how how much more planning do you need to do beyond that you know you've you've put it together and if you've done it on the day it's like it's going to be sat there waiting to go so it's not like exactly going, right okay, yeah yeah and, and it will linger yeah. it will linger on my conscience until it gets done so usually it's either filming that day i hate filming i'm not gonna lie like i don't hate it but like i it, i still can't talk in front of a camera after all these years so like it's it's a really big like mental step to kind of okay today we are going to film it's only going to take half an hour but like then you got to sift through all the footage and like all your mistakes i was like oh my god cut 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 you know what i mean um but yeah no that, that's yeah it's definitely very free flow for sure is it when it comes to like the filming of stuff do you um do you how do you kind of do you do it quite like begrudgingly like oh great i'm gonna film this now or is it like do you enjoy the whole process of what you're doing beyond just like the actual musical stuff i mean i i like um i like knowing where it's going to go at the end of it like i like knowing what the end product is going to be filming i don't mind so much once the camera's on the thing i don't like is editing i Cause it just takes so long, you know, like it just takes so long to edit and you got to like these days, like, um, with just YouTube and everything, like you can't just like cut up a video and paste it and throw it out that you got to add titles and sounds and animations and like all this stuff. And like, I'm not a video editor. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you want to be a musician, you kind of just have to be a bit of everything, um, to keep up. Cause if you can't, then there'll be someone else that does it better and, they'll be watching their video and not yours, which I guess is like a, a shitty way to think about it, but that is the reality. So, and I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in front of my eyes, like certain YouTubers who were doing one thing and then someone else came along and just completely <laughs> just ran over them and then they just stopped doing that thing. Um, and yeah, 
So after like seeing it in front of my eyes, I'm like, okay, yeah. But I, I enjoy the whole process. I enjoy putting out anything, knowing that it's going to create some sort of conversation around it. I like, I, I read every single comment. I like knowing what people are thinking. I like when people interact with each other. Um, cause I feel like it's just like a little community building thing within like the modern metal world, so to speak. So anything that kind of pushes the conversation forward, anything that, um, inspires or, um, just makes people think, even if it's like a plug-in video and someone comments, oh, how did he do that? And then someone else comment, oh, he did this. And like, before I get to see it and, um, yeah, I just think it's really cool that like the learning aspect of it all, which is, I guess, why most of the content I make is like educational in a way, but yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you kind of, how do you stay um, sort of motivated when you're, you know, um, obviously having to do the editing and all of that stuff and then, um, and also some, you know, when you're obviously when you're that sort of observant of all the comments and stuff that's that's happening online you're obviously then you're somewhat at the mercy of any negative feedback you're getting as well like how do you kind of keep yourself on track and like level-headed i mean i guess like it just um the kind of person was like it has to be done let's do it kind of thing like um if like if i hated doing it that much i wouldn't so like just being a big baby sometimes like ah oh, fine i guess i have to edit this video yeah <laughs> but like um I, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like I, once it's out and once it's there, I, it completely, um, overrides any sort of like a negative connotation I would have in the process of making it. If I like, if it's a video that I've genuinely like, I know that I'm going to enjoy doing, like, for example, like if it's like a plugin demo and I'm actually super soaked on the plugin. And, um, these days I don't like, I don't do anything unless I really want to. It's always been like that, but now that there's even less time because of like all the original music stuff and like actually trying to be a legitimate musician, like if there's an offer presented to me to do something, I won't do it unless I genuinely find use in that product or if I genuinely enjoy it. And like, it's one of those things where like, you know, yes, company X did pay me to make this video but they're not paying me to say good things. They're paying me for my reach. And that's, I wish more people understood that because that's literally the way that everything works on YouTube. Um, yeah, it's like, I, I'm not, the only reason why I'm saying good things is because I genuinely want to say good things. Like I'm not going to sit here and review a plugin that I just don't like and then force myself to say good things about it because I just don't have the time anymore. It's, it's not within my mental range to kind of put myself through that. Like I'd rather just do it on something that I enjoy and I know that I'm going to use. Um, yeah, that that's pretty much how that goes, to be honest. Yeah. Um, when you're kind of, um, um, oh, I sure had a, I had definitely had a really good question and it just, this always happens whenever I'm talking, when <laughs> what, this, this, I don't know, like if you get this when you're chatting to people, because I know you do, you kind of get more like guitar related stuff, um, where you like, you're talking to someone and then you get a question, they say something and it make you, you sort of like, you make a mental You think of another it. question. Yeah. And then they say another thing. You're like, oh, well, I can't ask that question because that was that last thing. And then, the, yeah. you know, if you talk for more than like 30 seconds, there's going to be a few things that happen. And then all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. at the end of it, you're like... I had a what was I I? <laughs> really good. I had like four good questions and now I have none. No, I do. I do. Actually, yeah. Funnily enough. And that was all me stalling. Cause I now remember the question, um, which was the, um, like, so your, I've, I noticed your audience seems to have, 
well it's from the outside in it looks like it's kind of blown up a bit recently but what's the kind of I guess what's your growth been like with your you know with your music and with your content just overall um yeah was it kind of like a grind in the early stages of it um I, but then yeah oh, oh sorry what were you going to say something i was just going to say has your approach to sort of what you're creating your know, music and content has that changed sort of in response to having a larger audience now um i mean it's funny that you say larger audience because i just don't feel that way at all um but i i kind of feel like i was very fortunate and it was very timely for when everything happened because I, I always um I, my good friend Xiao Maderos. Do you know Xiao? I've had him on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you have too. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we kind of started at the same time on YouTube, and it was the perfect storm because um, the big thing happened in 2020 that we won't speak of, right? And um, everyone was home. Everyone was watching YouTube. Views were up. Content was up, and um, it was just the perfect time to start reviewing plugins because people are at home making music or like doing covers because, you know, anyone that drops a new song in this like time is like, it's very ballsy to do so. So like anyone that can cover it is cool. Like I'll watch that. Do you know what I mean? So it's like all these little wheels and spokes like turning together and it, it was a very quick kind of um rise in followers and subscribers whereas now i'm not sure if you'd agree but like i feel like youtube is feeling a little bit stagnant at the moment in terms of like how many views there are to go around um because I, I watch people like i've i still watch youtube i watch all my favorite guitar youtubers and i love their content and their content's getting better and they're making better videos and they're doing bigger and better things but the views just aren't the same as they were two three years ago um which when you talk about like the quick rising growth lately, like it, 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 I guess so. But at the same time, like what is there to like something has to give kind of thing. Um, and I think that's why it's important for people to recognize that it's not really about like the follow account or subscribe account or whatever. It's that's why I value, like, as I said before, like putting out the content and watching the conversations that come out of it. Like that's what gives me the fulfillment of doing it. Um, not so much like the numbers because I, I get people coming up to me all the time like oh like you got x y and z and like that must be so cool um and like it's amazing i'm so grateful for all of that but um you know and the reality is that this could all go away tomorrow and i would rather sit here knowing that my content or my music or my whatever um resonated with someone on a deeper level as opposed to just kind of you know this throwaway kind of virality that everyone seems to be chasing at the moment. Like I'm sure there's a million viral ideas that I or anyone else could do to kind of go viral. Like I've had this idea to kind of like get a Fender Telecaster body. I've got this Fender, oh, it's not with me. It's on my drummer's house. I got this like custom telly with like a warmth neck and I always wanted it to look kind of relic. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder if like I just unbolted the body and took out the electronics and then just like tied it to the back of my car and went for a drive and filmed it. Like, I wonder if that would go viral and it probably would. Right. But like, yeah, it might go viral for a week, but then like, what do you gain from it? Just a lot of angry comments from people that don't like you. And then you, you're forever known as the telly car guy. You know, you're not known for your music or for the way that you, um, like, oh, what's the word? Oh, I got a massive mental blank. Um, not inspire, but like, 
the way that people kind of view you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you're kind of yeah. you're known for you or what you want to be known for, essentially. Like whatever, yeah. you know, um, rather than just like whatever's kind of working this week. Um, which Yeah, yeah exactly right. Because you could do that if you really wanted to. Like I, I always think about this comment I got. I did this video. Like there's sometimes I'll dabble into it and every time I go, okay, this is going to go viral, it does. And I'm like, well, now I'm just upset because this is like the most low quality piece of shit content I've ever made in my life. And now it's sitting here at 5 million views on Instagram and like 100,000 likes. I'm like, I spent so long doing this other stuff. <laughs> it just doesn't. Um, And like it was this video of like uh, what your guitar says about you. And obviously it was a joke. I don't know if you've seen it. but I think I've seen the one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah, the yeah, there's kind been- of stuff. You know, like I'll see one video and then I'll just see it like reshared somewhere else, you know, like some of the Yeah, yeah, more, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like there's been a couple now. Um, like the the first one was just like uh tellies and strats and gibsons. And again, that was very intentional because it's not modern metal, it's much wider than that. So like it's obviously gonna reach a wider audience. And then I did like a modern metal edition, which got nowhere near as much engagement, which is obvious, right? Because it's such a small niche. Um, but then you get all these angry comments of like I won't lie, like dudes in their late fifties going like, "Oh, like what do you know?" It's like, um, "Here's what this piece of content says about you." And I was like, "Mate, if I was trying to sell out, I wouldn't have time to reply to this stupid fucking comment. Like, I would be doing something else." Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's funny that you mentioned that the whole kind of the the cause of all that stuff and how we view it, I guess. Yeah, I know. With this podcast, I kind of. Um, you know, there's always a temptation to, I don't know, whenever I make like little reels or something or just with the nature of the conversations, I just want to have conversations with people about real shit, I guess. Um, yeah. And, but there's not as immediately, there's, you know, um, I don't, I don't think either of us has said anything in this podcast that's immediately like, uh, what's the, what, like viral kind of clickbaity, you know, that I'd have to really chop this up to make some really contrived. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So and it's the nature of like 90% of the podcasts I do. Every now and again, there's a moment where it's like, I know that's going to be like, it's normally like a funny if, you know, um, yeah. uh, like just had the most like not safe for work jokes with um, uh, Jason from Ingested. Um, yeah, I was just genuinely in tears, laughing. I was like, I, could, I didn't actually end up making a clip of it because I was like, I can't. I, right. <laughs> like they, they, they're shareable. Like you know, it's, it's just. Yeah, I was yeah, like, I'm yeah. not gonna just, I'm gonna make a reel out of this. So I just, and he'd probably, he probably wouldn't share. I wouldn't share it if someone made that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair you can go enough. back and, li- and listen. It's, it's funny, but, um, but yeah, like the nature of the podcast is, I, I obviously I could be tempted, and sometimes I am to ask questions that I think maybe all oh, that get like a, you know, um, some sort of like real worthy like tiktok worthy answer you know but then i just think that's yeah. not really where the substance is and i'd rather just ask good questions and then yeah you know and then hopefully exactly the right. audience i get will you know it's slower growth but hopefully in the audience i get will be you know like somewhat that will hopefully will reflect what i'm trying to do you know that reminds me of something mm. i'm going to circle back before i forget it yeah. when you were saying how like the how i've kind of um it because you were saying like the slow, steady growth that you've got on this podcast and circling back to that question that you asked before of like, okay, well, like your kind of thoughts on the followers and how that's all come to be to this point in time that you just put it perfect. I think it's way better to do it slow and to do it with content, with substance that genuinely gets like-minded people around 
your page or like your work because again as we were saying if you just go for that viral clip like, i'm sure you could get anyone on here and just like I don't, i'm not thinking of anyone but like you could just like question them on the allegations or something and just make a clip of it and then like it just goes viral because like oh my god i can't believe you asked that you know what i mean but like you're not going to do that because you'd rather have conversations with substance you'd rather have content that um is genuinely interesting on a deeper level and I, i've always viewed that the same with how i do it um it's always slow and steady wins the race because i can sit here and even though like um you know i, I don't even know how many followers we're at anywhere but um i think it's in the 30s on instagram um but like i might look at someone that has like 250 i'm like man like i wonder what they're doing different um and i look at it and i i'm like is this is amazing playing this is amazing work um but you know i think that like with what i've built up until this point it is very slow and steady um oh god i had i was gonna say something i completely forgot it um but do you, do you understand where i'm coming from like I, I feel like it's much easier to kind of say in terms of engagement like i know that my thirty thousand or whatever is way more engaged than perhaps someone else's like 250 plus and that's because you know you build this kind of personal connection with the viewers through YouTube videos, through even them getting the opportunity to kind of like watch podcasts like this, where it might be seeing me on a deeper level that people just don't. Cause I, I feel like some people just kind of view people in the internet. I'm sure it happens with you too, where it's like, oh, this is just a person. Like they won't like clock the fact that I didn't know how to set up my mic and I would have been around my room and like, you know, like I eat and I sleep and I, I drink water and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so having that kind of intimate um, connection with that smaller amount of people and building that up over time, you will see the benefits of it later. And it will be, a. it's kind of like a, like you, you won't just go down as quickly as you came up. It will be like a steady rise and you just stay there for a longer amount of time. Um, I think that's the way it should be done anyway. And that's from everything I've observed and from all the people that I um, look up to and all my influences and, um, the people that I can now call friends, like it's how they've done it. And it's how I want to model myself in terms of all that stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you see yourself kind of going forward with, um, what you're doing? Like, do you have a kind of a roadmap, you know, of, okay, maybe next year I'm going to try and do a bit more of this, a bit more of that, a bit less of something else. What, yeah. Do you have like a roadmap um, in mind? I mean, roadmap is not so much. Like, I know what I want to do. Like, we uh, now that we're doing this, like, actually playing shows thing, like, I'm, I'm booked under Destroyer Lines, which is, like, the same touring agency that does, like, Parkway Drive and Polaris and all that stuff. So um, they're working with me. They're trying to get shows. Um, I look at people who I've looked up to for years, guys like Pliny, guys like um, even, like, Jakub Jatetsky, if you've heard of him obviously periphery and how they've done it and where they started. And ideally, like I've always said this to anyone, like I just want music to be it. You know what I mean? That's no matter how it is, if it's through YouTube, it's through actually playing shows and doing music. Um, I just want music to be what I do. Um, I have a degree. I, it's sitting there. I finished it last year. Um, like I, I don't want to need to use it if I don't have to kind of thing. Um, it was very much like all of this started kicking off like halfway into that. I was like, okay, well, like I didn't think this would ever be a possibility. So I'll finish this and at least then I'll have that kind of there. Um, if I, if I need it for a rainy day, 
but it's just sitting here at the moment because things are going relatively okay. So it's just kind of like, again, that slow, steady, like keeping the ball rolling, keeping that, like, it's like an avalanche snowball, just like rolling around, getting bigger and bigger, like plans for next year. Like, you know, I can sit here and say like, okay, like in terms of like original music, like have another single out by the end of the year, do a couple more national, like have my first and do a couple international, not international, national tours around Australia as like an opener for someone else, build up that base to then do a headline run early next year with an EP, like all these things, all these like little um, plans that are not really set in stone, but it's like kind of a good, again, as you said, like a roadmap to work towards something, if that makes sense. And I feel like if you play all those cards right and you do it now, and I'm fortunate enough to have people around me who have done it with other people and do it for a living and kind of can see where the trajectory of everything's going. Cause I think it's a little bit of a, a unique kind of situation, um, especially for like my booking agent and destroyer lines and stuff like that, where it's like, they're so used to taking on new artists who um, literally just are just starting a band and they're literally building them up from ground zero. Whereas like I, they picked me up when, there was already like a prominent kind of social following and I was like, okay, like what do we do with this kind of thing? Um, which I guess is like a cool opportunity to kind of like, I'm so grateful. Like I get to do all these things and like kind of skip all these steps that other people would need to take, I guess, purely because I don't know, there's like a follow account next to my name. Do you know what I mean? But like, um, and it might open up opportunities sooner rather than later that shouldn't be happening that soon so it's kind of forced me to kind of to just go straight into it without thinking like for example i'm not sure if you've seen it but like um i put out this video where like i organ like i dropped my first ep february 2022 and then i was like okay well let's just do a live show and then i filmed the whole thing and put it on youtube and um I got comments like, oh, this isn't your first live show, blah, blah, blah. Cause there was like a screen and lights and like all this production. And like, uh, we got, we got a rack made, like there was like MIDI changes happening. Like it was like, I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like, and because there's a certain expectation because people view my brand as like, you know, knowing what I'm doing, then I guess I kind of need to go all out here. I don't really have a choice. Um, but then in saying that I probably wouldn't have been picked up by destroyer lines if that video was never put out. Um, so yeah, in terms of like trajectory, it's kind of like, there's no real, um, like there is a roadmap, but again, I want to do it on my own terms and kind of just take it day by day and slowly work towards that. Like new single out by the end of the year. Sure. Like I'm sure sometime the next week I'll just be slowly writing a new song and I have ideas like, Oh, maybe we'll get a vocalist this time. And, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, it's, it's very much just kind of take it as it comes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, do you think like the, uh, it's kind of interesting hearing, um, I, cause I know when with my band, with my old band, I, we, we kind of, we definitely made the m- mistake of, I don't know if it's a mistake. It's something you kind of have to learn, I think, or not everyone has to, but, um, of like looking like a local band, you know, just looking like, no, I don't just mean aesthetically, but I mean like in, you know your shows in your online presence um we never put out any music that wasn't like professional grade you know production yeah. and everything but so and you know i but there are, there are a good few bands i know where i'm like 
that you just need to record your songs properly or you just need to do x y and z properly like um yeah you know they'll they'll have like great songs but then you hear the production like oh that's a bit like you really should have just you instead of recording a 10 song album you should have recorded a two song release that's sounded epic you know um yeah or instead of playing all these shows to like 10 or 15 people you should have waited and put on a big headliner or something you know like um and we kind of made that mistake a few times of like taking gigs that just didn't really do anything for us you know where yeah okay and and i feel like that you know back in the day would have been the way to do it you know before social media you've you've literally just got to get in front of people um yeah whereas now you can get in front of millions of people and not leave your bedroom yeah don't get me wrong like the gigs were fun We, we did some some fun gigs um like even just even the crappy ones that like you know like tiny town bars and stuff you know um but it probably didn't do us many favors for like anyone that does go across our instagram for example and sees that we're playing yeah. some like tiny bar to like 10 people they're not gonna yeah. think oh that's a legit band they're just gonna think oh it's just a group of people you know making some music they won't yeah think, it's oh, funny you mentioned like that yeah go on um i was gonna say i'm very conscious of that And I get like more so than I guess maybe the average person would be because again, there is that like following. So if I like start saying, oh yeah, I'm playing shows and then like I'm playing a show every week and it's like just in some dive bar to like 10 people, it's like, ah, this doesn't really look legit. You know what I mean? So like, I'm, I'm like super selective of what we take now. And because my, my bass is kind and he's in a, um, he's in a band himself and he knows like all that stuff and he's gone through it and he's like, okay, like, I don't think we should do this or maybe this isn't the best thing to do because, you know, it's, it, it will kind of be viewed as a step backwards. And I guess like these days, like, especially with social media, it's like everything is on display and like there's some sort of level of like unbridled perfectionism to everything that you must do. You know what I mean? Like it has to be perfect. Um, like for example, like, uh, I, I won't say who, but I'm sure you could guess there's a very big, instrumental band coming to town in two weeks and like the biggest and we're really hoping that we get the support for that um and it's at the moment i'm not percentage wise i don't know how likely it's looking i know that we're being pushed very hard for it but in the back of my mind as amazing as an opportunity that would be when you kind of step up to that level it's it would be very hard after that to do anything without it looking like a step down. So it's navigating that space, which I'm completely new to because for the longest time, it's just been me in my room. Um, but now like being thrown in the deep end of like doing shows and traveling and getting the rig and the racks and the files ready for shows and all that stuff, like, you know, like it's just, it, it's a bit full. It's almost like a full-time job at that point doing that stuff um but yeah no I, I completely understand where you're coming from in terms of like i guess like in a way like protecting your brand um and how it's perceived by people through social media because again like everyone's social media is so curated so perfect like i all the videos i post it probably takes me more than 10 takes to nail that part down properly sometimes it takes me one sometimes it takes me 50 do you know what i mean like um but then when people watch it, they just assume that it didn't take me that long at all when the reality is that it did. So, um, yeah, I guess this is something to be said for like that whole social media perfectionism aspect. I know we touched that on that a lot in this podcast, but 
um i feel like it's very fitting because it is so true yeah i, th- I think it's it's hard to uh it's kind of hard to avoid i almost hate talking about it and like um for fear of like sort of perpetuating the whole thing but yeah like it's, it's i think there's something i think as long as you're honest about you know um not you but like everyone is honest about their process you know it's when people become sort of uh deceitful in their kind of uh like guitar pros on stage yeah like you know yeah. you just you hear certain i've seen i was chatting to was it um who it might have been nick nocturnal a couple episodes ago and i was saying about how i don't i find it i've seen a lot of vocalists lately even some quite notable ones auto-tuning stuff to the point where it's like the average person i don't think would clock it um but it's to the point where i'm like because you know you you know when you can hear a note it's just too um dead on but yeah but it's too dead on but you know because of the tone of it that they weren't that close because yeah. like it ha- it sounds unnatural like if you're it really sounds close, warbled yeah, yeah yeah if you're if you're close to the note you know there's less less happening to get you on there so even with a bit of auto tune it's not going to sound that unnatural whereas if you're quite far away the the auto it starts to sound like Kanye you know it starts to mangle it a little bit it's like detuning like with a pedal or like yeah. with a plug in like you can do it a couple of notches but if you go to like negative six negative seven like you hear it because yeah. it's it's processing it more like yeah and and I've, I've heard a few quite notable vocalists so i'm like i know you can just hear it in the slides and in the and i'm like yeah i just i have a little bit of a problem because i feel i'm not normally like nitpicky like this but i was like i feel like there's going to be a lot of people listening to that thinking oh shit i'm not that good when they when they don't they don't know that it's auto-tuned the fact it's auto-tuned doesn't bother me um it's just like it's to the point where i'm like I see all these comments. Because they think they can get away with it? Yeah, I think so. And it's not it's not me trying to sound all... I, I hate the fact that I'm probably sounding quite like... Um, just bitchy, basically. But it's it's not that. It's just, I think I've been, I'm all too aware of seeing this sort of perfected thing. And then if if it's there, if you know, what are you going to do? You're not going to put a disclaimer at the bottom of all your videos. But like, I, whenever I read the comments, I'm like, surely someone has noticed this, you know? And I'll read and there's like, there's like there might be like one comment that's saying auto-tuned and everyone's having a go at them. Like, and yeah, to be fair, the comment's probably a bit of a dick kind of comment, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like not think, many people yeah. seem to notice it, which I kind of- I think yeah. like it depends on the intent. Like if it's just like a general, just like pop punk band or something like that, where most of their- listeners aren't really musically inclined it's like whatever man if it makes people happy sure but if it's like a tech death metal fucking like everyone that listens to it plays an instrument do you know what i mean and it's like everyone can tell um then yeah i feel like you shouldn't be dialing it in that hard because you're not getting away with it people can because i like i guess if it makes people happy it makes people happy do you know what i mean but like if you when the genre is catered towards people that are so critical of like absolutely everything, which I found out the hard way. Like I just got done for a playthrough I did because the guitar wasn't plugged in. I'm like, oh, oh my so- god! Like, um, <laughs> is it? But that out. was like, that was your. But that was for like the music video for your song, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I recorded a music like, video in a field. Like, obviously, I wasn't plugged in. Like, <laughs> and it, it boggles my. Sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent at the moment. I'm going to have a bit of a rant because it boggles my mind that people were so like upset when they don't see a cable plugged in. Like, I'll say it right now. Like, 99% of the guitar playthroughs on YouTube are literally just the track. Like, and the fact that the guitar is plugged in 
doesn't mean they're actually playing it. If your ears can't tell that that is the original track, but your brain perceives it to then be playing over it because it's plugged in, like there's no helping you. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like playing in the middle of a field, playing in a room, like if I plugged a cable in, no one would have said anything. Doesn't mean I'm playing it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, it's, it's weird. I don't get it. Like I'm, I'm playing it. Like I'm playing it note for note. You can literally see me. If you were to slow down that video and play the frets that I play, like you will play the song. So what's the difference? Do you know what I mean? Like if you come to a show, I'll play it live in front of you. I don't know. Like, and so anyone else that has a playthrough video on YouTube, like you watch it, excuse me. I've always seen like playthrough videos to kind of be like, to watch what their hands are doing. That's the way I've always kind of, because why else would you call it a guitar playthrough? You would just call it, I don't know, it's like a um, a music video at that point. Um, it's different when it's a cover. If I put like, oh, I'm covering my own song, but I'm just playing to the track, like that's different. Or like if you, if you were doing a cover of someone else's song and like you just played over their song, like sure, that doesn't make sense. If it's a playthrough and you spent all that time recording and you've played it live and you've done all this stuff and you're literally playing it note for note in the video, like, why does it matter if a cable is plugged in or not? Like, I, I, you're not hearing it anyway. But even if it was recorded, it'd be getting EQ'd, comped, mangled to the, the the producer's content to kind of make it sound as good as it can. Like, it's not a true representation of whatever would have been recorded, you know? Why do you think I'm jumping from leads to rhythms in half a second? Like, am I setting up MIDI switching for this one playthrough in this room with no power? Like, no. Like, or in the forest? Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It, it it boggles me a little bit. Yeah, I think people just pick up on whatever they can. Like, um, I, I there's one I've said it a few times now. There's one that always makes me laugh. I've had it a few times where I'll put up like a reel or something or a YouTube short or whatever. Um, weirdly, it's more on YouTube shorts. I don't know why, but people will people comment like, "I don't even know who you are." And you're like, what do you, oh, what do you I hate that like, comment what, what, so like, much. Do you want to just know everyone that you scroll past? Yeah. on YouTube, like it's so. Uh, I just sorry you go <laughs> no it's just, it's just the one that's what it just makes me laugh because i'm I, I genuinely i'm just like what do you expect like i don't know what these people are scrolling for like i don't know what are they are they just hoping to only see just like their friends and like famous people it's, it's so egotistical and narcissistic to say that comment because it's basically saying well if i don't know you then who gives a fucking shit who you are kind of thing it's like what like you are not like god like who are you to say like oh, if I don't know you, then who gives a shit? Jeremy, it's so such a weird comment to say, and I, especially it's rampant on Facebook comments. Like if you see some like clickbait article of like, oh, like blah, 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 does this, and then you hit the comment, it's just like some 50-year-old dude, like, I don't know who you are. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you just, you, you're still clicking on the article. You're giving them what they want. You're giving them the ad revenue. Like they're winning at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? And like- People just don't, I, I could talk about stupid comments all day. Like I got one the other day. It was like, oh, not really feeling the matrix get up. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's fine. Like, but it's such a weird thing to say, like yeah. on their own volition. That's, that's what boggles me. It's, like, it's not a weird thing to say, but just to like go through the process to actually put it out there. That's what I think is a little bit weird. Yeah. There's one I got, I'm going to read it. There's one I got uh, literally where is it i got it literally like yesterday it was uh what the uh oh so i put out a um <laughs> this is such a i put out uh my old band we did a um it was trivium's uh album launch um 
they did like an event in the UK here and we did like this acoustic gig and it was very late notice. Um, we had like a week to prepare, like basically acoustify our whole metal set and learn a couple of Trivium yeah. songs as well. Um, and I put up a couple of the covers of these Trivium songs that we did. Oh, um, yeah, here we and, go. And uh, the song was in E flat, right? I think it's in E flat tuning. Um, or it might have been. Yeah. Yeah. It would, uh, like E flat standard. Yeah. I can't remember. Or if yeah. it would, would, would have been seven string, but e flat, so like A flat, B flat even. I, I can't remember. Either way, I think that's the tuning. Um, B flat and, standard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and um, the guy said, I hate to be the nitpicky guy, but I don't like the E flat tuning to her voice. I can hear she's singing above E flat and it bothers me. She's an alto blah, blah. And I'm like, and I just replied and I was just like, we had a week to prepare it among all the other songs. I had to literally rewrite our whole set list as yeah. an acoustic set in a week because we didn't have acoustic versions of our heavy metal songs. Yeah. Um, and I also had the guitar tuned to a, a particular tuning that could kind of do all of the songs with minimal messing around between songs. There's a number of reasons why, like, yeah, we just and people would never around. know it's that because perfect. they've just clicked a video and watched it. Like, and they have no idea of any of the context behind it. Yeah, and I said this, and then the next comment he went, "I had live gigs and I dealt with the same." I'm like, "Fuck off, then." I don't like. <laughs> so you just know it's some geezer. Like, I just, oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, uh, and I just, I read it. it I was just yeah. like, "Why, why?" Like, you know, and I just said, "Well, well done. You're smarter than me," and then I just left it at that. That, that was, was it. Yeah, and sometimes it's better not to feed the machine some oh, yeah. like sometimes like literally it happened the other day i was so like this is probably the dumbest co- i've been like abused i've been like racially profiled like this but this is the dumbest comment i've ever gotten ever and i replied to it and it got deleted two minutes after i replied to it because the guy realized how stupid it was mm-hmm. it was it was on the newest song and you know what? i've got a i've got a screenshot of it because i screenshotted it and set it into the band chat and then when i went to check it again like Oh, when I went to like refresh my YouTube comments because it would have been up the top, it just wasn't there. I'm like, oh, it's been deleted. Mm. Um, oh, hang on, let me get it up because it was the dumbest thing I've ever read in my life, and it just goes to show that this, like, I guess this whole conversation is trying to say like, there's just no helping some sort of like certain people, like just the way they think. Like, you're never going to be able to please everyone, so you might as well just kind of do whatever it is that makes you happy or feel fulfilled from an artistic standpoint. But mm. okay, the comment was. Um, so this was on the latest song of that playthrough with the guitar that wasn't plugged in and it was people too caught up to see this is just another Jackson pro demo. The problem when you write a demo for every video you do is that you will just be a demo guy when even your music ends up just sounding like the hours of demos you've previously released. Good though. And I was like, (laughs) good though, (laughs) this, this, and then I'm in my head. I'm like, literally every song to ever exist ever was a demo at some point. Do you know what I mean? And like it, it, that, that makes no sense. Like, what is he trying to say? That the music that I write sounds like the music that I write. Like I, I, I I didn't get it. And so then I, I replied basically saying that. And then I said, I'm not sure what you're trying to say, but all that matters is that you tried your best. And then he deleted it <laughs> so, yeah. and there wasn't there wasn't a jackson pro in the video it's like nothing that he said made sense to me and i was like this is the dumbest thing i've ever read it's like it's like he wants to have a dig for whatever reason i don't know for, like i don't know what that would stem from but like yeah i guess this is proving that there's no there's no pleasing everyone and i think my toxic trait is that you know i'll get all these comments saying like oh my god this is so sick like i love this i love that and um and like I read th- every again, I read through every single one and I'll reply and be like, oh, thank you so much. Cause I'm like so grateful that people are taking the time to watch this video. But then it's just that one shit comment 
out of like a hundred good ones that would just set off my mood and just put me in the shittest mood for the next like hour or something. Are you like that as well? I'm kind. Of, I'm not too bad. Sometimes it. it I've I've not had that many like really shitty ones. I've had a few where people just. The, I think the ones that annoy me, the ones that just don't make any sense, like that guy's one. It's like yeah. It it just literally, and he was complaining about like um the tuning and i'm just like it just doesn't it, it kind of almost annoys me just because he's wrong it's just like it just yeah, yeah 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 it's not i mean he might be right maybe maybe it would have been better if we if you know if i tuned the guitar just to east standard and i'm not being funny a semitone is not going to make a difference as to whether she sounds like shit no. or really good singing over that song like it's yeah not, that's not gonna i couldn't be asked to get into that but um yeah so i mean rather than end on <laughs> end on complaining <laughs> at the world um the uh, I was going to ask what you thought, uh, kind of where you think maybe, obviously metal is kind of, it's it always there's always something new, you know, there's always like a new technique or a new sound or a new kind of uh, way of doing something popping up. It seems like every sort of every other week. Um, what do you think are some of the, what do you think is maybe like the direction that metal is going? Are there are there any trends that you think? Do you th- are there some you think are going to stay? Some you think are going to go? Um, some um, that are good, bad, you know? Um, that's you a great question. That? I have thought about this actually, like a little bit. I was like, okay, where are we going from here? Because like the way I kind of view metal as a whole was like, okay, it was like Sabbath and stuff in the 60s and then like it kind of progressed into like metal and then like thrash with like Metallica and then kind of got into like that hardcore and then like metalcore and then like gent in like 2010s and at this point it's 2023 and it kind of crossed that thing of like now going like that north lane route where there's like a lot of electronic influence in it um which you hear all over metal tracks these days um which is what i guess categorizes quote-unquote modern metal and why some of the old heads hate it so much because oh it's not just a drums and guitar and bass it's got other things in it and i don't like it you know what i mean it's like um but in terms of where it's going to go after that, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I I think that like electronic wave, we're in the middle of it right now and it's slowly starting to peak off. Um, what I think the next thing is going to be, I think there's going to be a return to a more raw kind of more organic production style. That's what I'm getting um, because I think, um, progressive metal in particular is very at the forefront of like determining what is going to be the next thing. It's like, okay, well, like Meshuggah in like 2002 and then 10 years later, everyone's doing what they're doing and they're still doing it. Um, and when I think of, cause I, I came across this epiphany the other day, um, when, uh, I told like people ask me like, Oh, what do you listen to? I'm like, Oh, like, like metalcore, like stuff like that. And then in my head, metalcore is like, oh, like Loathe and like Thornhill and Sleep Token and Periphery and all that stuff and Error. And, but then to like, I, I completely forget about like big metalcore, like Bad Omens and I Prevail or Motionless and why I'm like, oh no, I actually don't listen to any of that stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I just don't listen to it. Um, And I feel like that m- stuff at the moment, like that, um, like three monthly, three million monthly listener plus metalcore on Spotify is like very much like really pushing that agenda of like super electronic, super overproduced, um, 
genty riffs, all that stuff. Whereas like if I listen to any of the bands that were kind of paving the way for that even to happen in the first place, like Periphery or Animals as Leaders or um, even techie guitar guys like Jacob Sateki, um, the Polish. Do you know Jacob Sateki? I know, yeah, I know the name, yeah. Yeah, so seeing what they're doing now, it's almost like they're going backwards. Like I I bought the Stems for Periphery's latest record and I'm listening to them like going, wow, like there's like not mistakes, but like this not would have this would have not flown in like P2 or P3. Like they would have cut this or edited this and like this sounds raw and this sounds like it's like they're not striving for perfection. And then when you listen to Animals as Leaders' new record, it's very much has its own vibe. It's um it's not like maybe um oh, I forget the one, I forget the name, the red album cover one, the one Joy of Motion. Mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's like very the one with the funny time, like, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like um it, it, it seems very perfect, but now it seems like they're going back and they're trying to leave not leave mistakes in, but just kind of sound a bit rougher and kind of go like this almost like hardcore route where there's like feedback and there's it doesn't sound perfect and it's it's more about capturing the emotion rather than like the technicality and like the songwriting, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I heard um, a student of mine showed me a nine inch nails track. Um, I won't play it, but I, I'm sure I could find the name. Um, uh, and, and at the end of it, it's so raw and it's amazing. It's this like, um, oh, what is it called? It is. I found the album. It is cool. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> on the album but i can't remember which one of them it is oh yeah the hand that feeds is that it i think right maybe i don't know that's just the one i've saved off this album <laughs> um maybe it's not yeah. but anyway the end of the track someone listening might be able to point this out um it goes to like room mic vocals um that's cool and it's it, it's really out of like the pitching is really off like it's not yeah. singing accurately and it's just really depressing frankly but it's amazing because it's just like you you don't you don't, you don't it's just it. so new you know and like it yeah. sounds new i mean the album's from like 2005 but um, yeah it just you hear it I, I remember distinctly paul mentally it's not many times in when songs where i mentally sort of like really switch on like whoa what what was that you know not just like oh that was a cool riff but like oh i've not heard something like this you know yeah at at all in any other song and it was one of mm. them i was like whoa i need to um yeah so anyway well um i need to i need to go to bed soon because because of our time <laughs> difference <laughs> it's nearly one in the morning for me um, oh damn i didn't yeah, realize so, it was that late no it's, it's all good man i i um i can i can do it i can power through um <laughs> so um yeah because obviously it's quite it's kind of like just like morning was it like mid early mid morning for you isn't it and it's like uh, right now we started at eight so it's 9 17 a.m right what now. throws me is how you're like so what you're yeah you're nine you know you're eight and a half hours ahead that's such a weird time i know it's yeah. a time signature it's a <laughs> it's a weird time difference yeah <laughs> um it is it's like a, that's why i post signature. so late at night here because everyone in america is just starting to wake up yeah, so yeah yeah um so cool so if we could get a question to start the next podcast, as you heard from yours, it can be whatever you want. It doesn't have to be musical yeah. if you don't want it to be. Um, and an artist you'd like to recommend to the world as well. Sure. Uh, question. Oh, that's a good one. Um, 
oh god i'm, I'm hitting a blank here uh, always- I said, oh, i'll just come up with it on the spot um uh just say words I guess until like, a question happens <laughs> um that's a good one it's like uh what makes you feel fulfilled in songwriting cool there you go nice i will i will make sure to pass on and and report back um i don't yeah. know i haven't actually i literally don't know who the next one is going to go to because my schedule well there's someone that it could be going to but i suspect there'll be one before that so um okay. so yeah um and an artist that you want to promote yeah so i tell this to everyone um and I, I listened to them and then i saw them live and i genuinely could not believe what i was hearing um and i felt like it was like a very movie moment of like you know when like like a manager standing there someone's recording in a studio in a movie and it's like yeah this kid's got it do you know what i mean <laughs> like it's kind of like that and not that i'm to say but like that's what it felt like watching i felt like i was like discovering it it's like oh my god like this this is definitely going somewhere soon it's this band called inertia um i n e r t i a from sydney um and they came and played a show here and i listened to some of this stuff and i was like oh this is actually really cool and then i watched them live and i was like oh my god this band is one of the best sounding live bands i've ever heard and they sound exactly like the record the tones, the production is completely like, um, like outstanding. Um, their stage presence is unbelievable. I felt like I, I, I shouldn't be there. I felt like there should be way more people there. And then I found out that everything that happens within that band is completely in house because of the guitarist as a producer, mix engineer. And I was like, oh my God, like these guys have to be doing something more because, and they will, um, cause yeah, the, their stuff is really inspiring to listen to and it's like i'm definitely taking cues from it for my next releases for sure and everyone i talk to about them is like oh dude have you heard of inertia and then straight away their eyes open they're like dude i'm like i know like they're everyone's on the same page it's kind of like this little um little secret at the moment so it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them but yeah inertia inertia is awesome nice one yeah i am um, i think my closest i saw sleep token um it's so mad. I saw them about, and actually, I think someone else has recommended Inertia before. Which uh, this is cool. I mean, this is a cool thing. Don't worry. Like, but um, I think this is the first time I've actually had an artist repeat it as like a recommendation, which is obviously yeah. a good thing. Like, um, shows are doing something right. Um, but yeah, um, I remember seeing Sleep Token probably a couple of years ago now, and they played to maybe like eight hundred, seven, eight hundred people. Um, I don't know if it was sold out. I don't think they sold it out. Maybe they did. Um, and then like a couple months ago they sold out a 3000 cap venue literally just down the road and it's like to do that in like two years it's absolutely crazy it's nuts Um, yeah yeah. like they they're coming here in may and they sold out every venue and every venue is like a thousand plus in australia and they sold it out in like three days yeah and no supports no upgrading venues no adding other shows just that's it so uh, i'm sure they'll be having a support with them but no one knows who's going to who it's going to be um but yeah it's very cool to see their rise because i've been listening to them since jaws came out you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. and yeah and now whatever's happening is happening can't wait for the album but yeah yeah sick cool is there anything well, i know you've got something you want to promote um for yourself to finish up yeah um thank you for having me on i appreciate it number one um it's very cool i've seen like the clips going around on instagram and stuff like that of all these people that i 
respect and, and um, look up to. So it's cool for me to be on here as well. Um, shameless self plug. I have a song called Arrhythmia that just came out on Friday. Uh, it's Monday right now for anyone watching. For me, oh, I guess it's technically Monday for you as well because we've ticked over midnight. Um, yeah, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Arrhythmia, stream it, watch it, do all the things. You guys already know what to do if you're watching this. But yeah, thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you.